Hi everyone. Hey. Today's a special day. Why is it a special day? Because it's my birthday. It's Hinali's birthday. Yay! Twenty-three. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. For people who have listened to us for the first episode, I pretended we were twenty-three for like one minute <laughs> before being like, "No, we're twenty-two. Exactly. But now Hinali is actually twenty-three. I know. I can't believe this. Wow. I know. Three months later, <laughs> here you are. Three months later. Yes. Okay, so where are we today? We are at Second Chance Saloon in uh, Williamsburg. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. We ha- and I don't know how we always find a backyard place. We always find a backyard because it's summer. <laughs> Almost it's, summer. It's now fall. Yeah, now. now it's fall. It's freezing in New York. If anyone's in New York, what happened? If anyone's a weatherman, <laughs> what happened? We don't know. Or weather woman. This is Nicole. This is Hanali. And this is 12 Ounces, the podcast. So what are you doing on your birthday? Um, I have been doing a lot of different things. Uh, today I spend time and I'm going to spend more time with my closest friends. And Yay. it just works without that I've been spending time individually with everybody, uh, everyone. Yeah. Like it's just, Including me, everyone. <laughs> I'm in that list. <laughs> so yeah, it just worked out very well. And that's for today. And maybe we'll have a party on Saturday or Sunday. One of those days. So if Fun. you are here, you should come by. <laughs> yeah, come come to Hanali's birthday party. <laughs> come by. But it's so crazy because the way that this recording worked out worked out really well, even though in the moment <laughs> we didn't think it was going to work out. That's true. Um, I know we always joke about how we never know when the podcast is going to happen, yeah. and we always just magically end up having an episode every week. Mm-hmm. But this week, it's Wednesday right now, yeah. and you're probably listening to this on Thursday when the podcast comes out yeah and so we had to you know figure out our lives and be here on a Wednesday which is so hard I know I don't know how we did this like every single week there's some drama literally every single week we somehow managed to come together and record this yeah because we love you guys and we want to continue this yes okay okay (laughs) getting serious yes let's start okay go so this week, um, Nicola and I both watched this video by Emma Watson. Love her. Love her. Completely, completely love her. And so she has a book club going on where she uh, goes around and finds books or like asks authors who written books about feminism to come and talk to her and explain their process. And this week, she uh, talked to the author of why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. Yes. I know. Have you seen the cover of that book? So cool. I know. And the author is? The author is Rainy Ito Lodge. And she is amazing. And she was so amazing on this video. And Mm -hmm. she brought to light a lot of things about being a victim of racism. Yeah. Things that we all just deal with and don't even know that we're dealing with man. Exactly. And the thing is, like, this whole book is about how there's so many people who unconsciously are are aiding this racism, and a lot of white people, by the way, without knowing it. And and truly understand that viewpoint where you think you're completely not part of this whole idea or process, but at the same time, you're doing things that are completely racist and you don't even know about it. So. Hashtag 
what do you mean? I have black friends. Or <laughs> I can say the N-word because that one black guy I know didn't mind. Exactly. Or I'm going to ask this brown person why they have an accent. Like, all <laughs> these things are weird, man. Like, so weird. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's she spoke about a lot. Race, mental health, mm-hmm. mental health. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, mental health is our topic of the week, our big topic of yes, the week. Yes, and you'll hear about it more in a few short minutes. But before, let's talk about this video. So, from what I saw... Like, a huge part about it was these two women who have this taken a, this big responsibility of going or sharing their stories or sharing their viewpoints about feminism and race. Emma Watson is a huge ambassador for feminism, and she goes to so many conferences, panels, and does all of these things. And um, Rainy Idolage is... <laughs> Uh, she has been an ambassador to talk about race as a black woman since she started writing, and even before she started writing this book. Mm-hmm. And one thing that stuck out to me was like when they were discussing um, what their process was or what they thought or felt when they were called upon to talk about these different issues relating to their platform. platforms. Yeah. Um, and they were like, a lot of these topics they have no idea about and they have to talk about it because there's so much pressure on them to know about everything. And so Emma Watson referred to someone else's quote where they said that it's okay to say things even if they're imperfect or like you still have to show your support or like still stand, say, up, stand yeah. out and um, share what you have gone through on that particular um, topic, but it doesn't have to be perfect, and you can't be perfect all the time about every single topic because that's impossible. I think that's really interesting that you say that because I kind of go through that anxiety every single week before this podcast. Yeah, because we talk about such large topics that you know affect so many millions of people mm-hmm. in different ways, in ways that I don't even understand, that yeah. I couldn't possibly understand, mm-hmm. right? And we talk about understanding a lot. Yeah, but. I have to like always remind myself, okay, I can only approach this from what I know. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's our experiences and we're sharing our experiences and a little uh, and the research we have done, but it cannot cover everything or perfectly everything that goes through everyone's minds. It has to be smaller topics or sub-branches of those bigger topics that we talk about. By the way, before we get into our big topic, yeah. um, I wanted to shout out um, Lori. She gifted us all brand new podcasting equipment because it is no secret that we aren't pros at this. <laughs> yes. And so we really have to shout her out. Thank um, you, thank you, thank you so, so much. You really, really helped us out. You don't even understand <laughs> how much you helped us out. Yeah. Like, you have no idea. Um, I should return that $20 mic from Amazon. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so continuing on, right? This author also mentioned something that stuck out to me, mm-hmm. which also was relating to our topic this week, so I thought it would be a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, she said that being a victim of racism and being a supporter for movements that promote equality mm-hmm. 
is frankly draining oh, yes. on your mental health. Yeah. And I, when she said that, I was like, wow, finally. <laughs> finally someone says something. It's fucking exhausting. Because think about all these movements that promote equality. They're based on the idea of resistance. Mm-hmm. And you know, a person can't be resisting all the time. But mm-hmm. that's if you do want a truer, fairer, more equal society, like you have to resist all these norms, right? Yeah. You have to resist, constantly resist every single norm that exists in the world that you have grown up with. Yeah. And that constant resistance is tiring. I know. And talk about mental health, like just going through the process, but like being subjected to racism that can cause so much mental yes, health yes. you know issues with your per- like just self as a as a person you know like having to listen to someone talk about your background and like being called upon or getting bullied mm-hmm. and it's just so much trauma that can go through your like your body because you're going through racism or like any other sort of you know platform that you are standing upon against or just being present in that you know moment exactly and when you say that, think about all the self-inflicted trauma that we inflict upon ourselves because of this idea of what you said, mm-hmm. that we're trying to conform to some norms and people are, you know, making us feel uncomfortable with who we are. And yeah. that's why products like Fair and Lovely exist. <laughs> because of, like, this colonial European idea of beauty, mm-hmm. millions of women are unhappy with their dark skin, unhappy yeah. with their you know, dark hair, unhappy with their dark eyes. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's traumatic. In, and it has been going on for so long. And a lot of times it just happens and people go along with it because they think if we do, then it's going to be okay eventually. Sometimes it's not. And that's why we're talking about mental health this Mental week. health. Yes. Let's get into it. Yes. So, by the way, last week was Mental Health Week. Yes. And... We need to talk about this. We need to talk yeah. about like watering your brain. Yes. Isn't that the metaphor? <laughs> it is the <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to honestly, okay? Like we take care there's a lot of focus on taking care of our bodies, right? Especially in this self-care generation. Mm-hmm. I always call us that, like our generation, because mm-hmm. we are like, oh my gosh, self-care threads on Twitter are a thing. Yeah. Like where people like post threads on their self-care routine <laughs> or YouTube. It's just a huge, oh. huge movement. It's a whole market, like a whole commercial market. Exactly. So. Exactly. Especially when I think about my community, mm-hmm. I just no one talks about mental health. Oh, like yeah. it's when I think about my friends, like my friends, we talk about mental health amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. but like we don't talk about it with our parents. Not even that. I feel like even in the, in the in my community as well like my friends who are Indians or like come from a similar background we don't talk about it you know like it's just never come upon that I would talk about mental like serious mental health issues and like it would touch upon self-care but apart from that it wouldn't go any deeper and I feel like that's a big issue why do you think that is because we don't know what it means to have mental health issues or problems or like anything related to mental health what do you mean by you don't know what it means like you just are you saying that it's a lack of understanding yeah Yeah. for sure because so if anyone who's grown up in india or in 
anywhere else but I'm familiar with Bollywood. You probably know Deepika Padukone. And and she's amazing. I and love her. So I think it was a year or two ago or like probably a, yeah, a year ago and she was going through depression and she just released a video I think a few days back or yesterday and she talks about her depression and she had mentioned it a couple of times in interviews before but she released a video about explaining what it meant to her at that time and she was going through this and it was just really powerful to just watch and then what she talks about is how when she initially was going through this she did not even know what it meant to be going through this you know some day she would just wouldn't want to wake up and experience the world or if she was working because she's an actress she has to constantly get different locations to shoot and she would not know her surrounding or her look, uh, her area where she could just literally find a place to break down if she needed to and that's just wow. just hearing that makes me wonder how many people do not know what depression means and which is one of the biggest mental health problems that is there and a lot of Asian community faces that and they can't express how they feel see and for people that don't you know aren't that familiar with bollywood Deepika Padukone is like Bollywood's Beyoncé exactly like she is like you know a veteran performer mm-hmm. like just by anyone's beauty standards stunning oh she's like just gorgeous. Be, like yeah. literally Bollywood's Beyoncé that's the only way I can <laughs> put it because she's just somewhat of like an untouchable figure you can't mm-hmm. you know kind of out do Deepika Padukone because <laughs> even now you know like her style her grace yeah. her whatever mm-hmm. you want to say about her yeah. is just untouchable yeah. so for me when hearing that story like wow yeah. like that that kind of reality setting in that is depression can affect Deepika Padukone <laughs> can affect us yeah. you know and it and it i was like thinking about what you said about like um misunderstanding mm-hmm. and i read this article um Dinesh Bhudra he is a mental health specialist at mm-hmm. King's College in London mm-hmm. and he has a theory that it's not just a non understanding like it's not just it's just that there's this large notion of shame yeah amongst our collective community mm-hmm. you know and it's it's like so instilled in our culture and our you know our our surroundings that yeah. we don't even have a name for depression that and is, when i think yeah, about it in probably. in singhala in sri lanka the language mm-hmm. in sri lanka there isn't a name for depression yeah even i don't think there is one in hindi or gujarati either there's like you can express being very sad yeah. but you can't express being depressed and so for people that don't speak english mm-hmm. for people that are communicating in their native tongues if you don't have a word to express something it's really like yeah. 1984ish but yeah like if people don't have a word to express something mm-hmm. how can you express it you can exactly um a thing that reminds me of that is like if anyone has watched dear zindagi which is a movie about mental health in, in bollywood and it has shahrukh khan it has alia bhatt very very big stars <laughs> if you want to watch it it's absolutely beautiful but so one of the opening scenes of shahrukh khan in that movie is him talking in a conference and explaining that people can talk about any physical issues that or like physical illness they have because you can describe it but when it comes to mental health and if you need help 
how do you talk about that? And that's one of the biggest reasons why there exists stigma based on that, because you can express that you can't wake up in the morning and face the world. So how do you express, express that? Like people would just say, oh, you just had to think positive or like something random, like, oh, or you just need like God's help or God's mercy or whatever to like come through this. But how do you actually explain to people that you're actually going through something and you need help because that's mental? Actually, um, a couple of weeks ago, my friend was talking to me about her mental health mm -hmm. and she was telling me that her mom mm -hmm. had, she, the reason she didn't want to express her feelings to her mom mm -hmm. was because her mom was very religious mm -hmm. and you know when they had been talking about another family member that mm -hmm. had gone to see a therapist mm -hmm. and her mom had said you don't need therapy you just need Jesus <laughs> you know oh. like and so she she felt like she couldn't tell her mom about mm -hmm. her own feelings because she would be you know approached with the same same kind of thought process exactly. that a lot of people have yeah and like another quote from that movie that was I, that i found very interesting was that one of the actors was talking to ali about um when she started seeing a, a therapist and she she said that she's seeing a therapist and he's like why do you need to see a therapist it's not like you're going through a major life problem and i was like you don't have to have a major life problem to go see a therapist you have you could have anything that you are un unsure of about your mental health and and yeah just like that stuck out to me because like why does it have to be a major life trouble you know it doesn't have to be someone's death or like someone you know it could be as simple as like a breakup that you really aren't dealing well with or something that has been going through your mind for a long time and it's causing you a lot of trouble and you, it's completely normal to go see a therapist to ask for help you know or to just you know talk i feel like we because of all the stigma surrounding being depressed because especially in our age of social media where mm -hmm. everyone has perfect online lives right? yeah the there's this sort of like darkness that depression you know it's i saw this someone tweeted mm -hmm. you know like everyone's so, the tweet was along the lines of everyone's so open about, you know, mental health mm -hmm. or whatever, but you know you can't tell a new friend or a new crush yeah. or a new person that you're depressed because you know you're going to scare them away because yeah. no one wants to deal with that burden of a depressed person mm -hmm. or someone. And you know, mental health extends beyond depression, but I'm using it as an example. Yeah. But it's like, that idea of like you're something to deal with mm -hmm. rather than just a person yeah you know? exactly and one of the reasons why it's such a topic that not many people know or talk about is because there's not many people there to talk about it and like yes so, yes yes and so in a lot of south asian communities or like asian communities in general there are such like maybe there's like one in a, like a, a city or like a couple like two or three in a city and like how are they supposed to represent everyone who's like like who's going through that or like even be aware of those five people or three people like having shown support for mental health you know and i was thinking about this 
like going along with what you just said, if you're a person of color that's talking about all these mental health, that that just needs someone to talk to, a yeah. therapist, right? Yeah. And we just spoke spoke about um, a literal book called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White, White People about Race. Yeah. Because, like, I can't imagine talking to a white therapist mm -hmm. about, like, my mom yeah. and, like, the culture in Sri Lanka because I just can't expect that person to understand me. Mm -hmm. And so if someone dealing with the stigma and shame that mm -hmm. comes along with mental health il illness isn't being supported by their community, right? Yeah. How can that translate when you're going to a therapist that doesn't understand that, where that shame comes from? Exactly. Yeah, and... Even here, like in the US or London, I mean in Britain, um, in communities, Asian communities, it's the same thing. Even if people are ready to go see a doctor and they are subjected to a white person, then it's less likely for a colored a people of person of color to really understand what they're going through, you know? Right. And so as we're talking about Danish uh, Bugra. Bugra, he he said that like when he deals with patients and if the patient is going to a white doctor they are less likely to understand their symptoms or you know and when he talks to them in their own language it's much easier the process is much easier and they are kind of ready to take help you know which is when you think about it common sense right yeah. you need people that can understand your experience mm -hmm. to be able to understand what's happening in your own mind. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a simple notion, but it's just not, you know, being translated into an actual reality, especially yeah. in our communities. And mm -hmm. that starts with our, you know, with depression being a phase or being yeah. something that just, and you know, so, sometimes depression affects people in different ways and mm -hmm. not just depression, any mental health. Yeah. I mean, mental health, Facilities, I can't even call it a mental health facility, but there are very few mental health facilities in Sri Lanka mm -hmm. that aren't run like asylums in the 1960s. Oh my god, yeah. When you, you know, because mm -hmm. even people with any sort of either mental condition or like learning disabilities, mm -hmm. people with Down syndrome or autism, yeah, they're shamed, they're oh, yeah. shunned. Mm -hmm. And so there's really no relief. Oh yeah, for sure. And just thinking about that, um, I was reading up about mental health, and like there are a lot of young people now who are coming up with organizations, and they're just starting to like bring awareness about it. But like a lot of young people who have been subjected to not being able to talk about what they're feeling, and they've lost people in their lives, and they're starting this moment about awareing communities in South Asia and like we are starting these moments to educate people from South Asia or like any people it, I mean it's open to everyone so just educate people on what it feels to be part of something that you can describe and we will post more about it on Instagram so please check out if you need help yeah. we'll have more information there and you know that's really uplifting to hear because there's actually not much and in doing research for this article mm -hmm. I discovered this there's very little actual data and statistics oh, yeah. mm -hmm. about mental health mm -hmm. in Asian Americans, especially South Asian communities. So yeah. there's a 
And so the fact that you're telling me that there are communities dedicated to this, it's extremely, you know, yeah, uplifting. I mean, they're small, but they're growing, so. But like South Asian Americans mm -hmm. between the ages of 15 to 24, yeah. our age group, mm -hmm. were more likely to exhibit depressive symptoms than any other, yeah. any other demographic in that age group. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, I found out that Asian Americans are three times less likely to seek mental health health yeah. help than white Americans. And that just shows how little access or even just the idea of embarrassment limits these people to seek help. There was another report that found that there's a higher rate of suicide among young South Asian American women than the general, general US population. Wow. Yep, and South Asians, this is because, you know, correlation really, mm -hmm. Uh, because South Asians had the lowest rate of utilizing mental health services. So mm -hmm. that yeah. makes sense. I mean, like, no one really wants to talk about it. I mean, but are you surprised by that? No, I'm not. Yeah, because, me neither. Because, okay, so I know I talk about my family a lot, and sometimes it's embarrassing to even say things about them, but it's important to showcase how a lot of families are this way. So we were talking about depression, and... My parents and my dad, in particular, they could just throw out the word depression to suggest someone's lack of productivity, or like you know, if oh, like he would just say like, um, oh, if he's not doing, the, if he's not working, he'll probably get into depression or something like that. And I just think about it. It's like it's not something that you control, you know. It's 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 a state of mind that we need to work towards, to, with with help of someone, and it's not like you can turn it on and off if you're like working or if you're doing something productive, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. And it's, I'm, exactly. And so like none of that surprises me. Like you're saying, yeah. probably it's embarrassing, but like none of that surprises me mm -hmm. because if you think about the community, and I have a theory mm -hmm. that it's maybe not a theory, but maybe a, an aspect of understanding this can come with the rigid gender roles. Yeah in places like India and Sri Lanka, yeah. where men, especially, oh my gosh, South Asian men have to be men. Oh yeah, my They God. have to be, you know, emotionless. They can't express feelings of, so of course, in South Asian communities, Indian men are extremely, mm -hmm. you know, unable to express their thoughts and oh, feelings yeah. or reach out for help because it's mm -hmm. just conditioning. Exactly. And women always have to deal with that feeling of being hysterical or possessed or oh, whatever mm. and so those are kind of the responses that men and women in Sri Lanka have dealt with in my personal life mm -hmm. um, a man one of my mom's friends committed suicide out of nowhere and no wow. one could understand it you know and the theories were that he was possessed or oh was God. whatever yeah. Not not as much of a man because he couldn't stand up to whatever he was dealing with. Exactly, but it's not about being a man. It's it's about things that mm -hmm. are beyond that. And if he had gotten help, then there would be such a different outcome, probably. You know, and that's the thing. Not many people can ask for help because of all the social stigma that can go beyond your family. You know. Okay. So there's this doctor at the University of Missouri, mm -hmm. and he kind of has an explanation. Mm -hmm. um, to 
to why we're so against asking for help. And this is something even personally for me, I don't know why I'm like this. I know that I do it, but I'm mm -hmm. very adamant uh, against being helpless. Mm -hmm. But it's even more for the men in my life that are from yeah. Sri Lanka. Her name is Dr. Nidhi Kosla, and she has an explanation saying that even medicine, mm -hmm. how medicine is administered in India and South Asia in general, mm -hmm. is more, quote, minimalistic. Yeah. It's because, you know, doctors don't usually ask patients about their pain, mm -hmm. physical or otherwise. Yeah. They just ask about symptoms, but not really... How does this feel? Yeah. What are you experiencing as a person? Mm -hmm. Even if it's you broke your leg, yeah. they'll explain to you that your bone broke. Mm. Yeah, uh, exactly. But not they they won't ask about you know this is not everyone of course but mm. um, and so she has a theory that says in South Asian culture it's common for patients not to report their pain to avoid either burdening others or yeah. being seen as weak and these are the two gender roles I was talking about again. Yeah. That women have this they're they're both you know two two sides of the coin when it comes to being strong mm -hmm. like for women it's you need to take on the pain and not yeah. burden others yeah but for men it's you need to take on the pain so that you're not weak yeah yeah and unfortunately it's a very big part of our society and even here like the, yeah the idea of not like no room for failure attitude you know like in living here like we are part of this model minority group and yes. because of that there's so much pressure on a lot of people like age ranges but just to be perfect in everything that you do you can't show pain or like any weakness and especially mental health weakness you know and we know that we're one of the most educated groups in america yeah. and that's because of the again cultural notion that if we're not yeah. There's, you know, we have to deal with that stigma of being not educated. And so yeah. pushing ourselves to do things that maybe we don't want to do all the time. Or, yeah. or high pressure. All these things, just all these things that, you know, talking about this is making me emotional because these, these are all conversations I've had with so many of my friends from mm -hmm. Sri Lanka. Or so many of my friends that come from South Asian communities. Yeah. Because it's just, I don't know, when I think about, ask, when I ask people that I know how are you doing mm -hmm. someone that's my white friends mm -hmm. are more likely to be more honest yeah like, I'm doing terrible mm -hmm. I am you know like really struggling at this point in my life mm -hmm. but even my closest friends yeah. will first be like um yeah I'm fine even think about our conversation earlier today yeah. we we're talking about jobs something so stressful for the both of us yeah but we always take our time yeah being honest exactly. and being open and being expressive with how we feel mm -hmm. especially if that feeling is a negative one yeah no it's it's hard because we're programmed that way to only be positive about everything every situation that you're facing you know yeah so any negative feelings that you're dealing with or that you're thinking of you really can't share you know because it just it just feels that if you do then you you are weak and that strength like sign of weakness is something that is so prevalent in our upbringing you know yeah. we can be weak that's the thing <laughs> i don't know what the solution to this is like we need more 
South Asian therapists. Yes. For sure. We need more yes. we need more data on mental illness in South Asia and we need to talk about this yeah. all the time. We need to be aware and like we need to have resources to be aware from, you exactly. know. Exactly. And remember what Emma Watson says everybody, it doesn't matter if you aren't 100% sure, we just need to talk about it. Exactly. Any information you have, share it with your friends, talk to your family, try talking to family. I know it's hard. Uh, yeah, it's so hard. It's hard, but sometimes we just have to take that step, you know. One step can lead to something else, you know. So this is that one step for us. Yeah. Um hopefully you guys will take that next step yes with us <laughs> because we need some help too like we can't talk about this fully without you guys mm-hmm. so, so until then until then we'll see you next week for the last episode of this season of this season you can't get rid of us yet no not yet but <laughs> we're so this is the second to last episode but we'll see you next time same time different, different place, place. This is Nicole. This is Hinali and this is 12 ounces. The podcast. Hey. This next song is telling you just how I feel about the music.